Hey friends, this is Chris Comfort and you're listening to the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and I'm your host, Jason Larkins. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 122. Not sure there's going to be a 123, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we have brought back Chris Comfort, a.k.a. Cheer Boy Mom, filling in for Be More. And anytime she fills in, it's a great conversation. We have our question of the day about if gyms should monitor their athlete social media. We're on the letter Q for Cheer A to Z. And Chris, being the professional cheer parent that she is, always has great advice for our parent listeners out there. But before we get into that, if you are new to the show, welcome. Guys, we have new episodes that release every Tuesday. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on a few other places as well. Now, one place we are not I was actually on IG last night scrolling through stories as as one does and came across Cheer Mom blog story, not to be confused with Cheer Boy Mom, but Cheer Mom blog, right? Kristen Wheeler, she was on a few episodes ago and scrolling through her story and she was talking about everywhere where you could hear her podcast and she's apparently on Pandora. Now, I had no idea Pandora even had podcasts. And apparently you can listen to her podcast on Pandora. You cannot listen to our podcast on Pandora. I'm not balling like that. But you can find us now on TikTok. So this is actually really, really cool. If you are watching a clip of ours on TikTok and you're like, man, I really like that little 30-second clip from the show, it, there's, you can, we can now link the episode directly to that specific clip. So if you want to listen to that whole episode in its full context, you'll be able to do that. You probably won't be able to do that for all the episodes, like all the old ones, but everything moving forward, you'll be able to do that. So super cool to be able to do that. But again, new episodes every Tuesday, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and now TikTok, not Pandora. We're not cool like that yet. So if you're new, be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show. And speaking of TikTok, if you don't already follow us on TikTok or IG, be sure to follow us there. And guys, I'm going to keep it real with you. It has been harder to keep up with managing like the, the IG and the TikTok for the podcast than it actually is just doing the podcast. So don't let our hard work be in vain. Now, we're still talking about Instagram right now. I have an announcement to make. So listen up. Over on Instagram, we have been doing our question of the day on the story, right? So on the story, question of the day. Sometimes it's a question box, right? You actually type something out. Sometimes it's a poll. Either way, we've been doing it every day. And if you participate and answer every day the whole month of August, we will put you in a drawing for $100. So let's say, Jason, I would love to do this, but it's already August, whatever it is, and I already missed the first week of August, right? 
Don't worry, all of the questions of the day, they've been saved in our highlights, so you can go back and answer all the ones that you've missed. So super easy, someone's going to win, why not you? Let's talk to your podcast on Instagram and Jason C. Larkins on TikTok. Shout out to Claire who's holding things down on the social media front. And shout out to Jenny who edits the podcast. Speaking of shout outs, shout out to all of our monthly supporters. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Sarah, Robin, Chanel, Tamara, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo, representing for all the cheer dads out there, our mate, Michelle, the lean, mean coaching machine. His name is Mike. Heidi, Adam, Jasmine, Casey, Melissa from the Sweet Miss Bake Shop. Be sure to check her out on IG. Lauren Clark, The Juice, and our newest supporter, longtime friend, but new supporter. Bode, say hi to me. It's my birthday, Beal, one of the realest guys in the industry. Thank you for supporting the show, my friend. I truly appreciate it. And if you want to help support the show financially, there is a link in the show notes. To do so. Lastly, before we get into the show, we're bringing back our coaches training giveaway. I'll be doing another coaches training in September. So, you and a few of your best friend coaches, you guys will get the opportunity to sit and talk some cheer with me and get you guys set up for the rest of your season. All you have to do to enter is take a screenshot of an episode of the podcast and post that on your Instagram story and tag our Instagram in the post. That is it. Share the podcast on your story. Tag the Let's Talk to Your Podcast in the post and you are entered. The more shares, the more entries. You've already heard me say it once, but someone is going to win. Why not you? The winner will be announced in episode 125. I'm the cheer director of American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a cheer mom who represents all of you parent listeners out there and asks the questions that you guys have at home. Without further ado, always glad to have you back. Please welcome Chris Comfort, AKA Cheer Boy Mom. Chris. Let's go. We're live. We're recording the pod. You're back. Third time's a charm. Let's go. Woohoo. That's actually our hashtag this year for the team that I'm team rep for. Hashtag third year's the charm. So there we go. It feels right to be here. What team are you team rep for? So this year I am team rep for Slam. That's our senior three team. Grace Olivia is crossing again this year. So she's on a junior four and a senior three. And I am repping the senior three team. There he goes. I'm back with my second favorite coach in the whole wide world. He and I are like the same level of crazy. So people are always like, oh my gosh, how do you deal with Sam's extra? And I'm like, because Sam deals with my extra. Yeah. So together we're just extra. I feel you. There we go. Slam. We competed against Slam medium senior three. Yep. There we go. That's going to be us again this year. We'll be so back on the mat. There we go. Good stuff. All right. So super small world. You sent me a text message the other day and I was like, crazy. So you, so your son's coach or teacher is one of our former parents. So that it was hilarious because we had open house two weeks ago and it's our school system is different. Our elementary school kids have to be in the building by 7.15 in the morning. So our open house was super early. We get there. We do my 
third grade daughter's open house and we go to the fifth grade classroom. And this is the first year that they have like two teachers. So he has a homeroom teacher that is the English uh, ELA teacher. Then there's another homeroom teacher for the other half of fifth grade. And she's the math, science and social studies teacher. So we meet his teacher and... I love her. She's really sweet. She makes a whole big deal about how she doesn't do homework so the kids can play with their friends and do sports. And she looks at Coleman and says, do you play any sports? And he says, I'm a cheerleader. Well, she gets all excited and she's like, oh my gosh, I have a 17-year-old daughter who's also a cheerleader. And she tells me the name of the team. And I'm like, oh, I know that gym. That's so exciting. Not our gym, another gym. Um, that's actually pretty, probably like an hour away from where we live. And... Then I go to the other teacher's classroom. Well, that's where the sheets are, you know, about the teachers. Mm -hmm. And it says that she just moved here from California. And I'm like, that's weird. So I go back into my son's homeroom and I'm like, Miss Howard, did you just move here from California? And she's like, yes, we loved it out there. That's where my daughter cheered. And I said, well, what gym was your daughter at in the entire state of California, mind you? And she says, well, she was at American and she doesn't get any further than that. And I said, with Jason? And she goes, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, we love Jason. We love Jason Larkins. We love his podcast. We love everything. And I looked at her and I said, Miss Howard, I am cheer boy mom. And you would have thought like the building was on fire because we're like, <laughs> squealing. I'm going, how in the world do you move from the giant state of California all the way to Georgia? And I live like on the um, east side of Atlanta in a small county. There's only two high schools in my entire county. Mm -hmm. So for her to be working in this school district in this grade to have my and there's only yep. 17 kids in her class. So yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy that we have um, one of your athletes, one of your families that had moved this summer to Atlanta, to the East Atlanta, and is my son's fifth grade teacher. Yeah, when you first said Howard, hey, Miss Howard's our, my son's teacher. I'm like, Miss Howard, we had a uh, Tawny Howard in the program a while ago. So I'm thinking, Tawny Howard, what? What is she talking about? And then I pulled, because I don't even think of her as Miss Howard, I think of her as Andrea, right? Right. And so I opened up the text message and I'm like, oh, Andrea Howard, this is great. Like, that's so cool. Like, total small world. They're a great family. They really are. Sam is awesome. I loved having Sam in the program. And that was just such a shock to me that they were moving. And I was like, okay, because I loved having her in the program. She was she was a great kid, a great family. So there you go. Georgia, you guys have a, another great family to you guys. Pro tip. Yeah, go ahead. Cheer parent hack. Get a teacher that is also a cheer parent because then when you miss school, it's just a field mm -hmm. trip because your kid and the teacher are in the same place. We've already checked the yeah. cop schedule. I'm like... We're good. Yeah, yeah. We're wink, solid. Wink. <laughs> there we go. All right. So real quick, let's do that real quick. You talked about pro tips for parents. Let's hop into a pro tip. So give us, before we hop into like, you know, me talking for a while, let's hear you. Let's go. Give us a, a pro tip. I, obviously, we, we have lots of cheer parents who listen to the podcast. And we have lots of new cheer parents who listen to the podcast. Surprisingly, we have so many like new. We do. Like it's my first year cheering. I don't know anything about cheer. Help me out. So give us a pro tip for cheer parents. Coaches and owners, as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner, running your first full out is coming 
up soon. And if you're like most coaches, you just hit play and pray. But luckily for you, I have a preparing for full outs system, a step-by-step, week-by-week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines. Join me September 23rd and set your team up for success heading into the comp season. Link in the show notes to sign up today. I'm going to say one of the things that I've been working with the last couple of weeks is uh, getting our athletes all put together. I do not want to wait till right before comp start. And then I'm trying to make sure you have the right backpack. You have the right, your, everything is organized. Now I'm not talking about your uniform and the stuff that the gym is going to tell you. I'm talking about from the parent side. Make sure that, um, especially if you have a little athlete, get a backpack that you're willing to carry at competition. That is one of the big things that I've been talking to my parents about. Even though I have a senior team, senior three is that unique level where you have some kids that this is their first senior team ever. And you have some kids that are getting ready to leave for college. And this is their last year cheering. I think that's one of the very unique things about senior three. And so I've been telling my parents, we've had parent meetings the last couple of weeks, you know, Find a backpack. I'm not talking about the sparkly one your kid carries all the time. I'm talking about one you're going to carry at competition. Start looking at what are you going to need for competition? Do you want, you know, Dollar Tree has the the little tiny first aid kits. You know, grab one or two and throw that in this backpack that you're going to carry. Feminine hygiene products. I will die on that hill. I think every coach should have packs of those in their bag at all times. We are a female-driven sport. Nobody should have to worry about that at competition. Every parent should just have that thrown in a backpack. So if any athlete needs it, you've got it. What kind of water bottles are you going to have? Are you just going to grab the ones that you can dispose of? Or do you, you know, don't we go to camp or festivals or whatever and everybody's throwing those water bottles at you that seems to be the big thing nowadays everybody gives out water bottles put a couple of those in your backpack so if you lose it at competition it's not a big deal you haven't lost your fancy stanley cup you you know lost whatever insurance agent (laughs) gave you a free water bottle this past week that's kind of what i've been talking to my parents about is starting to think about how competition is going to work for them you're going to be on your feet all day long supporting your kids team supporting other teams in your gym. What shoes are you going to wear? What shirt are you going to wear? You know, I think those are the kind of things we think so much about our kids that we forget that it's going to be 12 to 20 hours of us on our feet walking around at this competition. What's going to make it easier for us? Because if the parent is comfortable, it's easier to deal with the kid who's, you know, oh, I've got to get on the mat. I've got to do this. Um, and then my second tip is there's a lot of really great merchandise that your pro shops are selling right now that have your team's logo all over them and fun things like that and your gym logo. Remember, just take a moment and remember that when you're wearing that shirt that says whatever gym it is, that everyone knows that you're with that gym. And so the words coming out of your mouth are going to be associated with that gym. Um, We've seen a lot of negativity in the sport lately, I think from parents, from athletes, from coaches, from the management, everybody. 
I feel like this past couple of years has been a struggle. Uh, and so don't be that negative. Be, uh, if you're going to wear your gems logo, be a positive and go ahead and make that your mindset that I'm going to buy this shirt. I'm going to buy this t-shirt. I'm going to buy this polo shirt in the pro shop. And when I put on this shirt, my superpower is positivity. Our, one of the things we talk about on TikTok is don't be a ghost pepper. And drama is everywhere. Everyone has drama. Sometimes it's bell pepper level drama. That's what you've got. It's just a crunch. It adds a little spice. Everything's good. Sometimes it's jalapeno level drama. You can, you might be able to deal with that. Maybe your kid's younger and you don't want that. But don't be a ghost pepper. Don't be a ghost pepper. Don't be a ghost pepper drama. Don't, don't be that person. Don't be that thing. So those are my two tips. Prepare yourself for competition by worrying about what are you going to carry in your backpack and what is your mantle of positivity that you're going to put on when going to those competitions. There you go. Absolutely love it. Yeah, don't be a ghost pepper. Let's go. That ruins everything. Don't be a ghost pepper. But you said this about like the shoes you're going to wear. And I remember going to competitions and I would go suited and booted, ready to go every weekend. I was, you know, let's go. And this is actually what changed. Now I just come as comfortable as I can because these are long, you know, we're working these super long days, you know, they're yeah. definitely longer than 12 hours, you know? And, you know, we're working super long days. We have to wear it all day long. And I was like, I, I get comfortable. We went to Worlds one year. I'm there, you know, we're in the floor the heat, the humidity, and I'm suited and booted, ready to go. And I walked by, shout out to Brad Habermill from Chi Athletics, owner of Chi Athletics, and he's in their program t-shirt, some shorts, and some comfortable like Nikes, right? And I'm like, I remember just like talking to, I talked to him for a second, and, and then I just remember looking at what he was wearing and like, this guy owns cheer athletic and he's in a t-shirt and shorts and some Nikes. I'm over here sweating like crazy. And that's why I changed like no more. I'm done. So I <laughs> ever since then. So shout out to Brad you know, teaching us more than just cheerleading. Yeah, you gotta be comfortable on comp day, you know? So yeah, that's, so make sure parents, I'm not sure how much you guys walk at comp days. I'm not sure if it's as much as me, but parents, make sure you got your good shoes on. The year I had all four of my kids on teams at cheer sport, Tiny Novice was the very first team to step on the mat. And I had two kids on the Tiny Novice team and senior four co-ed was the second to last team of the night. So I was mm -hmm. inside that Georgia World Congress Center all day long, you know, in all, all the different arenas. I said, I'm not doing, yep. I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm not. I will, I will look as cute as you. one can look in comfortable clothes. All right, so let's do this. Let's go. Let's get to our first break. And then when we come back, we'll do the question of the week. Sound good? I love it. Let's go. All right, let's do it. Gym owners, we're all looking for new ways to grow our gyms, right? Well, you need to check out NextGen's One Day Business Builder Conference coming up September 9th in Baltimore. At this event, NextGen will teach you how to hire great staff, build a profitable all-star budget, get boys into your program, and host birthday parties to make your gym money. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. And we are back. So we're, let's get into this question of the week. Not just the question of the week, but the sounds like that question of the week. Guys, it's time for you not to have 
whack music anymore. Guys, stop with the terrible music. I can't. I can't do it anymore with terrible music. Go to soundslikethat.com. Order you a package. They have they have small ones. They have big ones. You can make it happen. Let's go. Soundslikethat.com. Tell them the Let's Talk to Your Podcast sent you. Chris, what is our question of the week? So our question of the week is, should gyms monitor the athlete's social media? That's our question of the week, which I think is an interesting question because obviously you and I thrive on social media, right? That's part of our charm, shall we say. That's how people know who we are. So yeah, the question is, does a, should a gym monitor an athlete's social media? And I thought this was really interesting when you sent me this question and we looked at it and we talked about it together because that's actually something we just discussed in our parent meetings with our parents. As a team rep, we talked about this, the office staff and our gym manager, when we talked to the parent. What's interesting is our conclusion was we're not monitoring your child's social media. I'm not sitting there on my off day going through every kid on our team to see what they're posting. That being said, there is no privacy in social media. It is a social thing. There's no privacy in Snapchat. There's no privacy on TikTok. There's no privacy on Instagram. Somebody within moments of your child posting something inappropriate, somebody's screenshotting that and sending it to the gym. We're seeing it. So for me, it's more of a question, what responsibility does the gym have when these things come up? Because yeah, your gym is going to see your child's social media. It's going to happen. And especially if the athlete is in uniform or wearing a gym shirt or at a location like a competition or at the gym. Those are all things that, you know, kind of like the don't be a ghost pepper. Those all reflect on the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, what type of when when your child brings the gym into their social media, then I think the gym has a responsibility to appropriately deal with that. And there's different levels. I mean, obviously, even if the gym is not involved, if your child is doing something illegal, underage drinking, using illegal substances, harming someone else, be that through cyberbullying or physical, you know, those type of things, that's a problem whether or not the gym's looking at it. Okay, you as a parent need to be on board with dealing with this part of your child's social media. So that to me is a separate thing. That to me is a, we have a child doing something inappropriate. And as the adults in the situation, the parents, the gym, you know, adults that care about this child, how are we going to help them deal with it? Versus my child's doing something in cheer clothes, being negative. You know, those kind of things are not illegal, but they do reflect very poorly on both your child and the gym. And I do think the gym has a responsibility to address that, to talk to the child, to talk to the parents, to, you know, put consequences in place if it is something that has spread over and become toxic to the team, toxic to the gym, things like that. So so that's kind of how I see it as two separate things. Um, I personally... This is a personal thing. My child on TikTok, I am, I, my child does not have Snapchat. I will say that, that I have an almost 15 year old and that is the one app I am not down with. I just, I don't like the way Snapchat gives an illusion of privacy that is not 
really there. But like TikTok, I mean, my kid does the dances. My kid sings the music and the things out there just like I, well, I don't do TikTok dances, but you know, that to me is not the same as a child, again, cyberbullying, doing something that is harmful to the image of the gym and the image of the child. Yeah. So that's how I feel. No, I feel, yeah. And I feel right along track with you on a lot of those points. I don't monitor our athlete social media. There was a time, well, I want to say I monitored it, but when I was, especially at PCM and at CBU, our CBU cheer account followed, you know, most, if not all the athletes, right, on social media. And so I would come across stuff and go, hey, like you should, especially when I was at CBU. Yeah. And see stuff like, hey, you probably shouldn't post that or whatever right and I remember just getting to a point I'd catch kids doing just stupid stuff and I always remember telling the kids this guys I don't go and search out for your social media and try to snoop through and see what you guys are up to I was like but if it comes across my feed I can't help but see it and then I can't help but react you know there's going to be a reaction from me and say hey you probably shouldn't post that so if you don't want coach being like hey you know you're, you're doing this you're doing this then don't post on your social media right right now so if if I come across something that I feel is like, ah, you probably shouldn't have posted that. Yeah, I'll have a conversation with the athlete. Now, today, I don't follow any of the athletes on my personal account. I know the American Cheer account follows some of the athletes, but it probably doesn't follow as many as it used to since I don't run it as much as I used to, right? We have like the athletes and other social media people running the, the social media now. Right. So I don't go through the timeline as much as I used to. So I don't really see the athletes anymore. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's even scalable for gyms to monitor the individual accounts of the athletes, right? Again, we we're talking about Brad earlier, Tree Athletics. Does he monitor all of their social medias, right? With who knows how many kids they have in that one location, a thousand kids in one location. Is right. he monitoring all right. of those, right? So I get if you're a small gym and you have 75 kids, right? And only half of those kids are going to have social media. It might be a little bit easier for you to monitor, but it's just insane for me to even think about monitoring all their social media. Now, this does right. happen. A post will happen. And like you said, as soon as someone posts something, there's a screenshot of it. It happens immediately. And then it does wind up on my desk. And then once that happens, yeah, we've got to bring in the parents or talk to the athlete or however we choose to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, what I've also learned is that I'm just far more conservative than most of our parents. And right. this might change over time because I, I can't imagine that parents have always been like this and be like, yeah, I'm, of course I'd let my daughter do that you know but maybe as they get older they realize you know maybe i'm just too conservative and i should you know let my daughter you know post x y and z or do x y z with her free time whatever but there's so many things i think there's no way in the world i'll let my daughter post that or do this or do that or, or whatever and if parents are okay with their kids doing x y and z then i'm gonna let parents be parents i want the parents to let us be coaches and make decisions as coaches right. and i'm gonna let parents make decisions as parents of as far as what their kids do with their free time. And just because I wouldn't let my daughter do that with her free time doesn't mean you as a parent shouldn't let your daughter do it on her free time or what your, your son should do on his free time, right? And so if something is, does raise a red flag for me, I'll either, depends on like, you know, where it is. I'll either talk to the athlete about, you know, what I think. I'll let the parents know. What I will do is just say, hey, I came across this on social media. And I'll yes. say something like, I'm not judging you. If you want your daughter to do that, I'm just letting you know that I came across this and I wanted to right. share it with you. You can do with this information what you want. And some parents are like, no, that's cool. We were there. <laughs> and other parents are like, thank you, Jason. You know, we'll, we'll take care of it. 
so I think the gyms, I want to say like, don't ask, don't tell. But if I don't know about it, I'm going to let the parents be parents. I'm not definitely not going to go snoop and dig into all their social medias. I don't have time to look through all, you know, we have 320 right. competitive athletes. You don't have time to go through all their social media, all my time off, right? And parents don't want me doing that while I'm clocked in, right? So very interesting question, though. I would agree. Again, the only thing I go back to is if the child is in uniform or somehow wearing a shirt, warm, whatever it is that represents the gym, as a parent, I understand that the gym then has a vested interest in my child's social media. Like if my child is, or myself, am wearing something that says Star Athletics, because that's the gym we go to, Star has a right to say that we, uh, I will, I will use uh, something that I've seen in a lot of social medias for a lot of gyms. This idea of girls posing. And I think, honestly, I think it's just because that's how you can pose. They're like kneeling on the hotel bed, looking cute. You're looking cute, but you're on a hotel bed. I get that that's a cute angle. I think it's appropriate for a gym to say, we really don't want our uniforms worn like that. You're not showing any skin. You're not doing anything scandalous. But that is an image that I think the gym has a right to say, we don't really want that image of our uniform in that way. Yeah, 100%. But you want to just look cute because that's a really easy angle because hotel rooms have awful lighting and... That, you know, it's hard. I I get wanting the Insta pics. You're wearing something to go out. Dude, that's awesome. You guys are going, you know, I'm Dave and Buster's and you're wearing cute clothes and that's the picture you take. I don't think the gym has any, you know, I, I'm not going to say anything. You look cute. Your mom's standing right there. So, so I absolutely agree. I think, I think we're on the same page. Just keep in mind that I want to be my kid's parent. I don't want the coaches to parent my kid. You're right. I want the coaches to coach. So let me parent the parent. Yeah. You wear a uniform or you wear the gym's name, you've brought the gym into the conversation. And as a parent, I have to say, nope, the gym, we invited the gym in. So now we have to listen to what they want to say. 100%. Let's get to a break then. That was great. We'll get to a break and we'll come back. We got, we got some more things to talk about. You guys always hear me talk about Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Well, Sounds Like That is actually part of a bigger music team, Power Music. Power Music, your number one source for licensed cheer and dance music with over 750 pre-made mixes. These pre-made mixes are perfect for a variety of teams, including half-year teams, prep teams, novice, school, dance, and more, with prices starting as low as $15. Say it louder for the people in the back, as low as $15, and full two-minute and 30-second tracks are available for just $95. You can easily find the perfect mix for your team, no matter the budget, but that's not all. You can also customize your mix with voiceovers, sound effects, song swaps, and more. With instant downloads available, you can have your perfect mix ready today if you wanted. Head on over to PowerTierMusic.com and use the promo code LTC10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Link in the show notes. 
And we are back. So Chris, I got this email the other day. I'm actually pretty excited about this. Might not, I might have should have saved this for when B was on, but I'm so excited I got to talk about it. The West Coast Cup is back. Now you're on the East Coast. You have no idea what the West Coast Cup is, but- No clue. Share with me. The West Coast Cup is back. I'm so super excited about it, but they're doing it slightly differently than they did before. So the West Coast Cup was exactly like the league. I won't say exactly like the league, the way that varsity is doing it. Similar. But very, very similar to the league. You would get points, and it was only for West Coast teams. You would get points for first, second, or third, and then the teams that you know had the most points at the end of the season were the West Coast Cup champs. And we won it twice when I was at PCM. It was super cool, and we got these nice Letterman jackets, and it was super cool. They gave you a banner and everything. It was I loved it. Anyway, they did that for a few years or so. It went away, and it's just it hasn't been back ever since. Anyway, they started the league, but I got an email again, like last week sometime that they're bringing the, that they're doing West Coast Cup. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I was like, well, it's kind of redundant because now they're doing the league and whatever. But then as I was reading the details, it's going to be like the triple crown. So obviously you're very familiar with that on the East Coast, but NCA, UCA and cheer sport, you win all those, you are the triple crown champion. They're doing that here for us on the West Coast, which I, I thought was, very fair because you know I'm looking at these East Coast you know I'm looking at the Triple Crown it's never a West Coast team because we never go to all three events right you know we go to one event maybe a team goes to two I'm not sure who goes to two I guess some world teams probably go to maybe two of them but I'm not sure if any world's teams on the West Coast go to all three events and so they're bringing it back but they're styling it like Triple Crown which I thought was super cool so it's American Grand it's Spirit Sports and it's USA Nationals so you attend all three win all three you're going to be the West Coast Cup champ, equivalent to the tr- the Triple Crown. So I thought that was super cool. Just wanted to throw that out there for that anyone really who hadn't cool. seen it. Yeah. So there you go. All right. And then can I get to a hot take? You mind if I get to a hot take real quick? Uh, yeah, I have no problem with that. I have lots of hot takes. So let's hear yours. All right. Here we go. Hot take. <laughs> Internet's going to kill me for this. <laughs> All right, guys. We're in choreography right now. And everyone is talking about the, the new score sheet, right? Right. And the score sheet has swung, at least the United score sheet. The numbers are a little weird. I thought it was odd that they did the numbers like this. When I, upon first looking at the score sheet, I thought it was odd that they would require you to do so many stunts without being able to have that many kids on the team with four stunt groups, right? Right. Uh, what do I mean by that? That you have to do that with 19 kids, you have to put up five stunt groups still. And that means one of those groups have to be a two man, right? And with 12 groups, I think you have to put up four stunt groups still, right? right? And so I thought that was odd at first, right? And when I really started to think about, oh, they're trying to swing the pendulum back towards media or larger, not even medium teams, but larger teams because... It, last year, the score sheet was really, really heavily weighted towards smaller teams because they right. just have less kids out there. They're able to easily execute and larger teams had lost their advantage of choreography or even difficulty because of code of points, right? So I was like, okay, I can I can get down with that, I guess. But I understand the frustration if you're a smaller team, not, ne- not a smaller gym, but just a smaller team, and you're like, man, but how do I do this? But I would like to say larger teams – 
have a challenge too. So here's my my hot take. As we're doing choreography, we have our junior two team and there's 22 kids on that team. And so I think our number is what, nine and 10, meaning we have to have, there has to be a section with nine kids that throw for us a switch leg back handspring. And then we have to have a section of 10 yep. kids that throw a back walkover back handspring, right? So nine and 10 out of 22 have to throw a standing tumbling pass, right? So here, again, here's my hot take that it's actually harder for larger teams. And here's why I say this, because we have a team of 22 kids, virtually all of them tumble, right? We'll say, I'm I'm making this up. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to say we might have three kids on the team that don't tumble. And I'm not even sure that I'm not even sure if that's right. It could be all 22 that tumble, but I'm guessing there's got to be someone on the team that doesn't tumble, right? But let's say there's 19 kids on the team who actually tumble and we can realistically, we should only pick nine and 10, we should only pick 10 kids to tumble in a section. And when you have 18 kids, 19 kids who tumble, and you only need 10 kids to tumble, you got to break some hearts. And that's really, really hard. It'd be a lot easier if we only had nine kids to tumble. And then we go, okay, well, all nine of you kids are tumbling. You kids that don't have the tumbling, you guys aren't tumbling. And it seems like, uh, it seems like rich people probs, but it's like, no, it's like really hard because you got to sit there and look at the team and go, look at a kid who can do a standing tumbling pass and go, yeah, you're not going to do it. You're not going to be in the routine. And they're like, well, why not? I'm like, well, it's it's not good enough. And they're like, it's not good enough? Like, it's a back walk over back handspring. Like, how good does that have to be? Well, It has to be perfect, perfect, right? And so just my hot take that it's harder for larger teams to put together their routines with more talented kids than it is for for smaller teams that have less numbers. Cumulative wise, if you only have eight kids that tumble, you know, hey, all eight kids, all eight of you guys are going and you're going to go again, right? We only have four kids that tumble. All you guys are doing the tumbling pass twice, right? That's easy. Everyone gets to do it. But for us, we got to choose. We got to make decisions. So there's my hot take. We've had to deal with it all week long with choreography, like telling kids who have passes that they can't be in the tumbling pass. We actually, one of my daughter's teams just finished choreography. And then the team that I rep for is next weekend, like 12 hours in one weekend. So yeah, I actually, I, it's funny because my daughter's already come home and she's like, I have to work on this tumble pass because I'm not in this tumble pass. That's, I was not there. I have to get this perfect. And so, yeah, that's, and both her teams are medium. I actually am not positive about that. Her J4 team might be small. I need to, I need to double check before I, before I speak out of authority, but I know her S3 (laughs) team is medium. So I think that is a slightly warm take. I don't know that I would say that's a totally hot take. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. No, well, it's going to be a hot take for smaller teams for sure. Or not just smaller, but not just medium teams, but teams that meet at the top of their um, number wise. So 22 could still. Anyway. All right, Chris, what we got in the comments? What questions do we answer in the, uh, some of the comments? One of the ones I thought was interesting is what is the hardest part about being a cheer coach? The hardest part? This is easy. And I cannot speak to that. So I'm going to, you know, go to you. The hardest part about being an all-star cheer coach, hands down, is the parents. It's not even close. 
Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how Next NextGen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. The hardest part about being an all-star cheer coach, hands down, is the parents. It's not even close. It's the parents and it's not even close. It's the one thing that is a big difference between coaching college and coaching all-star cheer is college cheer. We did not deal with the parents ever. Never saw them. Right. They would come in for the recruit visit. We'd show them the school. And Tammy would do this whole thing. Hey, guys, like the kids would make the team and, you know, the parents are there and they're all excited because their kid made the team and we have our first team meeting. And Tammy would be like, all right, parents, this is the last time I'm going to see you. These kids are adults. They can handle their own, you know, situations, right? They're going to come to me when they have their problems. And so so I don't want to see you anymore. And she would do that. And I always like kind of chuckled at it. And I didn't realize like what she was actually doing in the time because she had owned a cheer gym for years and years and years. So she knew Tammy had two different phones. Tammy had a phone for, you know, her life and Tammy had a gym phone and that everyone had the number two. I remember just being like, Tammy, like you don't need to have two different phones. Not for the chip. I remember she didn't want to give, she didn't give her phone number to the athletes on our team at CBU, which was crazy to me at the time. I'm like, Tammy, it's going to be okay. And so she's like, no, I just don't do it. And eventually this is before iPhones were like super, before everyone had an iPhone. And so when she eventually decided to get an iPhone, she's like, you know what? I'm tired of having two different phones. And she wasn't, she had sold her gym by that time. So she's like, it seems like it's working out okay for Jason. So she finally like, like in our third or fourth year, she finally like, like let the kids have her actual cell phone number. But when I moved to American, I was like, you know what? I have seen the parents get kind of, cr- I only coach two teams here at PCM, but I do see that it's kind of forming. I do see that issues arise by just these 120 parents having my phone number, right? I think I'm going to make the transition where parents just don't have my phone number when I moved to America and I've done that anyway. But the point of what I'm saying is the hardest part about being an all-star coach, hands down, is the parents and it's not even, it's not even close. So it's the it's the one thing at CBU that about college cheer that I truly miss is just not dealing with parents. So there you go. So the big question is, do I have your gym phone number or do I have your actual phone number, Jason, when I text you? No, you have my actual phone number. Oh, so I don't have two phone numbers. The parents just don't have my actual number. Oh, I was, I yeah. was just checking which which one yeah, I got. Yeah, you got the real you got the real deal, Holyfield. The other question we had was, how do you make the transition from athlete? to coach. Um, And I have to say, I think this is a really good question, but I also feel like it's really hard. Any situation that you're in where the there's a defined set of roles, the coach coaches, the parent parent, the athlete is the athlete. I think anytime you are trying to leave that one and go somewhere else, it becomes very difficult as people see you as this one entity. Uh, I feel that way even just as a parent. I am a parent with lots and lots of training and knowledge and certifications, and I bleed out of one, but I don't fit 
because uh, I don't coach a team, so I'm not a, a coach, but I'm not really just a parent either. And it's very hard, I think, because you don't you don't fit anywhere. And when you're trying to move from athlete to coach, you still have the people, a lot of them parents, who still see you as the athlete, and they you don't automatically get that respect that a brand new coach walking into a brand new gym would get, even if it's their first year coaching ever. If a parent only sees you as a coach and other coaches have only seen you as a coach, it's easy to put you in that coach's box. If everybody's seen you as an athlete, it's very hard for them to to move you over and see you as a coach. Uh, and I, I think I've seen it with my own son. You know, he he is a coach at a gym with the people who taught him how not only to cheer and coach, but just were there when he was a teenager. They, they've seen all the dumb things he did as a teenager because all teenagers do dumb things, you know? And the parents that really, well, if he actually has a lot of really great parents, but for him, the saving grace is that even in the beginning of him being an athlete, he was brought in to help coach the stunt group classes. We have stunt classes and he was coaching the stunt classes even when he was still an athlete. But now really his bread and butter, his favorite group of kids is that level one, level 1.5, the six to 10 year olds. He loves, he coaches a youth one team and he just loves those kids and those parents love him. But part of me wonders how much of that is because those parents have only ever seen him as a coach. They don't remember him as an athlete. They weren't in the gym when he was an athlete. You know, I think that to me is the hardest part of transitioning. I'm not sure how you do that, how you go from athlete to coach in the same program that you were an athlete in. Um, as a parent, I try to just promote the separation of, you know, look at what we're doing for the coaches. These are our coaches. This is how we're going to look at the coaches. This is how we're going to talk to the coaches. Um, I have to do that, though, even in my own home, because my kid, my younger kids are on Carter's team. So, you know, when you step in the gym, he is no longer your brother. He is your coach. And you're going to talk to him like a coach. You're going to call him Coach Carter. You're going to respect him like a coach. So we have to have that hard line. You know, when when we pull into the parking lot, get out of the car and go talk to your coach. When you get back in the car, you can ask your brother for an Oreo McFlurry at <laughs> yeah. McDonald's, but you don't ask Coach Carter for those things. Right. So, hey, shout out to uh, Sean Guzman. He just hopped on the live. No, I think the hardest part about transitioning from athlete or sorry, from from athlete to coach is just the is just the transition. It, you know, you still feel like you're an athlete because you're still close to the athlete's age and you're on the team with these guys last year and you know, you were an athlete. And so I think the thing that coaches when they transition they need to do is draw a hard line in the sand, which is hard for the athletes to do or hard for these coaches to these young coaches to do. But they need to draw a hard line in the sand and now just go, I am now a coach and this is the side of the line I have to stand on from now on. And you kind of have to, I want to say lose those relationships, but not have those relationships anymore. You know, and I've had to have those conversations with our coaches at the gym, you know, with our younger coaches at the gym. And like, it's right. really hard, but you, you still want to go hang out with them and go to the same parties that you used to go to with these, these athletes and, and do this, but you now have a new level of responsibility. And so me personally, hard line in the sand and go, I'm going to be on this 
side of the line because I think when you still try to maintain like your athlete friend relationships, that's when the lines get blurry and lines can get crossed and you just put yourself in a compromising position. So, so when we have coaches go from athlete to coach, you know, they're going to be coaching a team they had nothing to do with in the past, right? Right. And so we're not going to have someone who was right. just on our senior four team graduate and then coach the senior four team, right? They're going to be coaching a, a prep team or a novice team or, you know, these things where they don't, where there's no, where, you know, where those kids can only look at this coach as a coach. They're not looking at them as an athlete. You know, they only, the only way they see them is as a coach. So there you go. Good questions in the chat. If you have any more, let us know. Let's see. I got one more thing. If you guys have questions in the chat, let us know. But we'll we'll end on this. We have the cheer A to Z. So cheer A to Z. We have not done this in quite some time, but we're bringing it back for today. Actually, we're going to get to a break. And when we come back from the break, then we've got cheer A to Z. True story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by tumble track start perfecting those rolls kickovers handsprings and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors get ready to flip twist and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by tumble track link in the description I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever. But with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link! in the show notes. And we are back. So we're going to get into our cheer A to Z. So for those of you guys who do not know, it's been a long time since we've done this, but I give a cheer tip for every letter in the alphabet. We've been going through for quite some time now, but we're on the letter Q. So we're making our way downtown, walking fast. Letter Q. So Q is quit talking. Kids learn by doing. Man, this is a good one. Back when I was coach, my first started coaching, the kids would do a stunt and their grips would be wrong. And I would bring, hey guys, bring it in. And then I would talk through the history of cheerleading with them about how Lawrence Herkimer first, you know, invented the herky jump all the way to, and that's why you need to turn your hand in your lib, right? And then I'd send them back. They'd do it again. They'd do something else wrong. And then I'd call them back and I'd have another five minute speech. And really what I was doing was just showing off to the kids that I knew a lot about cheerleading. And I was trying to demonstrate that to the athlete. Like it was more important to me to demonstrate that I knew a lot about cheerleading than to actually have the athletes progress, right? And eventually I learned that kids learn by doing, by actually getting in there and getting their hands dirty and doing the stunt and making a mistake and doing it again and then getting a little better and then doing it again. So coaches quit 
talking, kids learn by doing. And if you have to, if you feel the need that you have to show off that you know a lot about cheerleading, then you then start a podcast and you'd be like me. And this is where you show off that you know a lot about cheerleading. But that pra- practice is not the time to do that. You gotta let that. the kids, you know, learn by their, through their mistakes. And, you know, the one thing I'd say is the three second rule, right? Three second corrections. Your correction cannot take any longer than three seconds. So you want to tell the athletes just what is the most important thing? What's the one thing that if they fix that one thing, it would make the stunt significantly better? Because when you look at the stunts, everything the kids are doing wrong. The main base has the wrong grip. The secondary base is too slow. The back spot needs to grab up higher. The flyer needs to lock out her leg. She needs to point her toe, right? And there's all these different, there's a billion things wrong with the stunt. As a coach, just pick the one thing that's going to allow the athletes to make the stunt better the fastest, right? Okay, so I look at this stunt. If the secondary base was faster, that would actually help out the stunt the most. Okay, now the secondary base is faster. Okay, now let's fix this one thing. I need the main base to turn your grip. Because when you shout out 8,000 different corrections, the kids are just like overloaded with too much information. So give them one thing to focus on. They fix that one thing. Then you move on to the next thing for them to focus on. So there you go. Q. I think it's interesting that you said the three second, because if it takes longer than three seconds, you're not fixing it. You're teaching it. And if you Mm -hmm. need to reteach something, that's a process. Fixing it is... Like you said, the three seconds. I think that's a coaches need to separate their minds. Am I teaching them how to do this stunt? Or am I fixing the stunt because we're trying to to move on to the next thing? That's a that's a really good. I like that. I like that a lot. Here you go. I've only known a couple of people who've known why it's a three second rule. So do you know why this might be more challenging as a cheer mom? But do you know why it's three seconds? Um, I would tell you for the same reason that if you drop a piece of food on the floor, you have three seconds to grab it before. <laughs> That's, that's what you get from me as a mom. It's just the rules. It's just the rules. The three second rule. You get no, three seconds. Yeah, you get three seconds, guys. I'll I'll make the rules up. No, it's that's how long an eight count is. It's three seconds. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. That makes that makes yeah. sense. We have our parent meetings in the gym while teams are practicing. We just have folding mats set up, and I very much wanted to, as we're sitting in our parent meeting, to just start screaming five, six, seven, eight, just to see if I could throw off. But then I realized that they were also tossing girls. And so I probably shouldn't do that during baskets or else somebody would hit the ground. But I desperately wanted to because I'm a troublemaker, Jason. I don't know if you know that or not. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we anything else we need to talk about, Chris? No, just personally. You know, if you need to find me, you want to hang out with Cheerboy Mom, uh, Cheerboy Mom on all the socials, Instagram, TikTok. And you can go to... um, the new website to find the surprise boxes. So um, we're getting ready to ship the first set of surprise boxes out. So that's that's pretty much what's happening over here in Georgia. And it's a subscription-based service, right? Like every month they get a new box? Uh, that, that will be once we start into the new year. Right now we're launching. I'm a very big believer in start small so everything can be perfect. My hands touch everything. Uh, so right now you get the box. It's $40 and there's a a brand new bow inside. And we actually designed those ourselves. Those are 100% unique to the box. We designed them. I say we like there's anybody besides me in the house. My cats help me. 
you get the box, you get the bow, and then you get a bunch of stuff that goes with the bow that based around the theme. So like the September box that we're getting ready to ship is back to school. Our October box is a fall box. So it's kind of, you know, eventually starting in the new year, we will do subscription based, but I'm excited because we're shipping to 14 different states right now. Yeah, that's super cool. No one in California. So if anyone in California wants to grab one, but it's it's a very- Kaylee McNutter Butter is going to get one. Kaylee, get you a subscription, not a subscription, yes. a bow box. Oh, she said hi as soon as I said Kaylee McNutter Butter. There you go. So Kaylee, you need to get one. And shout out to American Spall and Pool Company. There you go. Kaylee, get your Love get it. your revenue share. Anyway, Chris, it's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And um, we'll have you on again. You're welcome back anytime. I love it. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. Hey, let's talk to your podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes, after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.